Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, my guest is Victoria Radar. She's a possibility coach. I love that. <laughs> Possibilities. Mm, interesting. So, um, very warm welcome to you, Victoria, for coming on the Hearts Entwined podcast show. Thank you so much, Lynn. I'm very excited and grateful to be here with you. So, Possibilities, then. Uh, how did you come up with that title? You know, it's actually what a great question because there's a great story. I um, my business started growing, and uh, I got a branding specialist who said, "Look, you're kind of all things to all people. We need to brand you with something." And so I have a little group of my family. I call them my kind of faithful, wonderful clients, and I posted there and I said, "Hey guys, when you refer me out to somebody." what do you tell them that I do? You know, how do you refer me out? And while there were a lot of different answers um, and a lot of loving feedback, what I found was a very simple and practical approach. I didn't think this was possible. And now it is. I didn't think it was possible for me to be loved. And now I'm in loving relationship. I didn't think I could heal from cancer. And now I'm cancer free five years. I didn't think I could get out of $100,000 debt. And uh, now I am, you know, in a profitable uh, side of the business, and so forth and so on. And so that was just a gift to me from my clients. And that's how Possibility Coach was born. Wow, I love it. Excellent. I love that response. So that was a great story to kick us off, like you said. So today we're going to be discussing the several levels of soulmate. Um, I'm really excited about this because um, I, I do believe there are definite levels of soulmate too. So be interesting to see where this conversation takes us today. <laughs> Wonderful. You know, I think, I don't know whether you've noticed it, Lynn, but I think so often people really agree with each other much more than they think think they disagree because they're arguing about the language. And so one thing I wanted to make clear is that we will be using some basic terminology, but it isn't the truth written you know, by the finger of God. It is one way to look at the relationship between two people. And this particular schematics of soulmate relationships, I'm borrowing from theta healing technique, which I love and which I train in uh, extensively. I just wanted to make sure that that you can have the definition, for example, of twin flame that might conflict with this definition, and it shouldn't cause any anxiety. You just say, okay, in this particular context, that's what it means. So hopefully that helps and sets kind of a background to the conversation. Love that. Okay, so let's crack on then. Seven levels of soulmate. So where do we start with this then, Victoria? Let's start, let's start since we already started with twin flame. Let's start with twin flame. So, you know, and I there's so many people kind of running around with this whole idea of there was a soul that was cracked into two, and now I'm gonna spend my whole life on this earth seeking my other part. And once we become one, only then and then 
am I one and happy? And I think while it's kind of borderline romantic, it can be a little bit discouraging because if you're not currently in a romantic loving relationship, then you don't have a permission to feel whole. And so I am of a very clear understanding that you, as you are single, married, in between, in relationship, out of relationship, are enough to be complete. That's just where I stand. This is kind of the, the truth from me. So you are complete. So then who is a twin flame if not somebody who completes you? Twin flame is somebody who reflects you, your greatest strengths and your greatest weaknesses. You go like, oh my gosh, he, this person and I, we're like on the same brainwave all the time. He finishes my sentences. She knows what I mean to say before I even had a chance to say it. And it's kind of wonderful to a point. And that point is when you exhaust your strength and your identities that are similar, and then you hit into the weaknesses. And that person starts triggering you so much because you are seeing yourself from an unpleasant point of view. And then you're making a choice. Are you going to grow through it? Or are you going to quit the relationship and find another twin flame? And a lot of people burn through twin flame relationships without changing who they are internally but continually repeating the same kind of relationship over and over and over again. So if you think of your life, you can probably think of a couple soulmates that were your twin flame soulmates, where you were super happy together, and then you crashed together. You know, you understood each other, or you were completely on the opposite sides. It's kind of very peak and valley relationship. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, I've got a bit of a different definition around that. I feel that um, my understanding of twin flame is that it's a high level, you know, divine soulmate connection that um, initially can be, you know, a relationship where you are triggering each other, but that's for your own soul growth, um, you know, until you do become the absolute great divine, great counterpart for each other. So, uh, yeah, interesting. You know, I love how you actually have defined it because I couldn't agree more because one, we're talking about types of soulmate and a type of a soulmate can develop through all of these seven levels. And ironically, or serendipitously, divinely guided, the highest level that I'm going to talk about is the divine soulmate and partner. And yes, you can start as a twin flame and progress all the way to the divine um, soulmate. So it's just potato, potato, how, you know, as I yeah. mentioned in the beginning, how you look at things, how you look at things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Obviously different um, people assign different labels to what their own awareness and perception is of their own individual journey. But, you know, for me, my understanding was that was the highest level that the divine twin flame relationship in terms of, um, you know, energetically, uh, becoming each other's highest level divine counterpart by um, helping each other to heal what needs to be healed and um, work through any sort of trauma that needs to be healed. And uh, yeah, it's interesting, interesting. Just a different, is that, once again, just a language, right? Or yes. the language yeah. describes 
though however we can name it something else we can make name it an apple mate right and then yeah, not, not worry about the terminology i just yeah, want yeah. the concept to be conveyed that and so then the second level if you look at that is your incompatible soulmate and your incompatible soulmate is somebody that pretty much is that you are trying you had that spark of recognition you know if you think of us being eternal as souls, as spirits, as energies, uh, you know, eternity is a very long time for all of us not to have known all of us. So mm -hmm. we have these sparks of recognition. And sometimes you recognize another human being for what you subconsciously remember them to be. And you're trying to force the relationship that simply is not there. You're falling in love with the potential of what they possibly could be or a memory of what they might have been for you, you know, on that subconscious level, on the, mem on the memory level of a soul. And then there's just incompatibility. You are simply not compatible. And, you know, I often say, when people show you who they are, kind of trust them or believe them, a lot of us, and the more positive and optimistic we tend to be, the more we want to see something that might not be there here and now. And could this person become all of those things 50 years from now? Possibly. And oh, yeah, possibility, coach. I think it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you get to choose through the point of awareness. Do you want to wait for 50 years? Or have you learned from them what you needed to learn, which is to trust people when they show you who they are? You know? Yeah. I, I get that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, um, I always say to my clients, you know, a cheater will, will always show you that they cheat and a liar will always show you that they lie and, uh, you know, and all the rest of it, you know, so um, there's no need to have any trust issues because trust me, they'll show you who they are true it's very true you know and again and it's it's like you know i'm having a drink here just water with some immunity in it because you know I have a raspy voice and it's no matter how much i love this water it's not going to turn into a different kind of a beverage you know we talk about love healing and i believe that and love fixing and i believe that but only to the degree that another person is willing to come out and be who they are. We can't force anybody to grow into who they're born to be. You know, that's that's that. So then, then the third level, I guess, if we look at it, then is compatible soulmate. And the compatible soulmate is somebody that I say, well, it's doable. You know, it's a doable relationship. Sometimes it's monotonous and sometimes there's this missing spark, but you kind of go like, you know what, this will do. It's, it's a relationship where we settle where we say these basic things work. We like the same things. We have, you know, similar values and that relationship is compatible. And once again, who's there to say whether there is a better uh, soulmate relationship for you or not? You know, you might be happy with, um, what is that phrase, you know, with the, um, with a bird in your hand than, you know, the flock in, in sky, I guess. You just want to settle. Um, I personally am very big on growing into your highest potential. And very often compatibility prevents growth. And so it's interesting. Sometimes people going back to 
you know, my original definition of twin flame, sometimes people who are rubbing each other a little bit wrong, but they're passionate, they actually develop into that divine relationship. While people who are compatible just remain there, compatible, you know, that in some ways it prevents your soul from growth. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd say that's what I had with uh, my ex-husband. I when I was with my ex-husband for 23 years, but it was a very compatible relationship. We got on fine, you know, but there wasn't that passion and that aliveness and uh, that chemistry in that relationship. Um, and I, in those days, I didn't know how to fix that. You know, it was just uh, settling, like you said, for an okay friendship type relationship. You know, and they say, don't, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But I think we're shifting to, it doesn't have to be broken for it to thrive. You know, <laughs> it can, it can continue thriving, continue healing. And so I'll just naturally take it to the fourth step, which is a diamond in the rough soulmate and diamond in the rough soulmate looks a little bit in the beginning as an incompatible soulmate, but there's that intuition intuitive knowing that if you stick through that relationship, that diamond does come through for you. And I say that, you know, my husband and I started in the diamond in the rough relationship where I knew, by golly, this is a great guy. (laughs) You know, I just have to kind of allow my ego to heal so that his sacred self can come out. And there's just gold in that, you know, very often, Mm. the more we try to push our ego on somebody else, the more their sacred self retreats. So when you step back, you go ahead. Yeah. Were you saying something? No, I was just agreeing with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So with the diamond in the rough, it's a beautiful relationship. Um, that requires different set of virtues like resilience and perseverance and endurance and love. But it is in my relationship, it was very much worth it. This is our 26th year and we've progressed through a lot of levels. And I can honestly say we're at that divine soulmate, you know, partnership where we're simply allow each other to thrive as the person we're born to be. And sometimes it's scary because we're so different in so many ways. And sometimes it's incredible because we're so similar in some ways. But it's been an interesting thing, this whole diamond in the rough thing. (laughs) It sounds it. So this is where you feel that you and your husband started from then this this level. Very much so. Very much so. It was, uh, you know, and how do you as a listener, maybe as you recognize, where are you? It's that inner knowing when you know inside there is more. It's very different from we talk about incompatibility where you don't want to hear that voice saying there is nothing there for you. So it's a very intuitive difference where, you know, a lot of us, I know I have done it when I squash the inner knowing because I want to prove something to myself. Mm. But in this relationship, it's, it's the other way around. It's like something inside you says, yes, against all odds. And you start trusting that inner knowing. So that's a very subtle distinction between the two in the beginning, because on the surface, it might look like incompatible relationship, but the compatibility is at a soul level, you know, and that's where it's a diamond in the rough. It has to come out. So love that. <laughs> really like that expression diamond in the rough yeah 
Yeah. So then we'll move on. Um, let me see where we are. We've got that. Let's do unfinished business. So um, unfinished business is a very cool relationship. And I think a lot of us have had soulmates. And by soulmate, I mean anybody and anything from your smallest crush to your 50-year marriage that ended or continues, right? Soulmate is somebody you've been romantically involved with and these are just different aspects. So for the unfinished business soulmate is that the two souls make a contract to learn certain virtues. I'm a firm believer all of us come here to learn certain virtues so that our spirits can progress, right? So, and we found these wonderful spirits and they said, we're going to drive you crazy so that you can learn patience and I'm going to cheat on you and I'm going to betray you so you can learn forgiveness because that's the virtue you want to learn. Or you're going to grow faster than the person grows, right? And so your business with them is finished. My husband is, was married before me, and very often we enter into unfinished business, soulmate relationship is because the children has to have to come through that marriage. You know, children come, all of us have been children at some point. Our spiritual makeup, our spiritual DNA seeks the biological DNA to reflect our innate talents. And very often our spirit chooses the two parents that have to be our parents so that we can convey those gifts we've come to convey, you know, and to develop. So a part of the very often you'll you'll hear it, you'll read that, that, oh my gosh, they were so much in love. And then they got the first child, everything was fine. And then the second child was born. And all of a sudden you hear these words and all of a sudden it's like something happened. And, you know, it's like love died out or they've just changed. And then the child gets blamed. Oh, it must have been too hard, you know, whatever. But the reality is the contract, the soul contract is complete at that moment. You know, the unfinished business is now finished. That soulmate relationship has served its purpose. And so hopefully it gives to some of uh, some of you, it gave me a lot of peace to know that all those relationships you've gone through, none of them were wasted. They were beautiful soul contracts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think we have to sort of, I suppose, educate people around, um, you know, this idea till death us do part because, you know, marriage isn't necessarily or relationships aren't necessarily lifetime relationships, are they? You're so intuitive, girl. I got to get you on my podcast (laughs) because lifetime is our next soulmate level. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love this so much. <laughs> and Lynn takes over and Jen is just beautiful, really. You have beautiful souls. Anyway, in um a lifetime actually partner is our next soulmate relationship. And that is when that, you know, you've gone through either unfinished business or twin flame has developed into this, or diamond in the rough has developed into this, and you become actually first a compatible you know, partnership, which makes sense. We talked about it incompatible. So of course there's a compatible soulmate and then there's a level of compatibility. So when you look at unfinished business, there is a level of compatibility until the business is finished. But if you're compatible in a healthy way, in the way that you're growing, if you're compatible on a level of your soul's growth, you then have one of the two different level relationship. One is a lifetime partner 
and one is your divine soul partner. And the difference, of course, is in a lifetime partner, it's somebody who you do this life with. You know, you you've met, you maybe you've gotten lucky and you met when you were 17, or maybe you got equally lucky and you mar got married or met each other when you were 80, and you still have a life ahead of you, right? The definition of life is whatever you have left in your physical body going forward. But then there are also those soulmates that we've done more than one mortal experience with, you know, whether you believe in reincarnation or you believe in different dimensions or you believe in mortality, pre-mortality, however you define that relationship that lasts beyond the grave, right? Because I think what you said is so powerful because even um, during during the civil or religious ceremony, there's a phrase, till death does you part. There's a recognition that it does not last beyond the grave. But love can and divine relationship can. And, you know, we'll have to be there to know what happens then. Yeah. <laughs> Those absolutely. are kind of the levels. Yeah. So, yeah. Till I suppose we transform, <laughs> we do part. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I say, you know, I say once we no longer fear death and we accept it fully with excitement of love, then life no longer will have to end. <laughs> we will find a better way to transform our spirits. But for now, for now, <laughs> ashes to ashes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's that's the seven types of soulmate relationship as I see them. And um and I found it to be very practical looking at my life to know that once again, not one relationship was ever wasted. And just even if you were an abusive relationship, I have a lot of clients that have overcome abuse and they say, how could my soul choose that? Right. And, and the soul didn't choose the abuse. It chose the lessons that it was learning and, uh, sometimes forgiving yourself for experience you have gone through for not having enough strength to come out of it earlier is a very beautiful thing because as you heal yourself as a soul, you attract a soulmate that is capable of loving you. You know, our soulmates reflect the level of love we have for ourselves. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I personally, I suppose throughout my 61 years probably experienced a lot of those seven <laughs> levels that you've described with various relationships so yeah uh, and I do subscribe to the fact that we do choose our parents you know um, and again we we choose them to le learn our own lessons that we need to learn whether they were great parents or it was a dysfunctional relationship but we chose them to learn those lessons again as a as a soul that's on this earth to to learn what we need to learn Mm -hmm. Very much so, you know, and I also think that um, what helps me to realize is that everybody without an exception is giving us the very maximum amount of love they're capable of. That That is just the truth. Even if that's very little or next it, to nothing. Or next you know. to nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the second... The second a person is capable of receiving more genuine love, we're not talking about um, perception 
of, you know, of love. We, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. You're so sweet. I mean, I'm just talking about when you know that you, as you are, with or without makeup, with or without, you know, acceptance or rejection, you're just worthy of love, of divine love. When that settles in real deep and it becomes unshakable. And how do you know it's unshakable? I say, you know, peace to me, inner peace is the awareness of divine love. So the moments of anxiety are just the moments to center back to I'm loved as I am. You know, I put my hand on my heart. I'm loved as I am. I'm loved as I am. I'm going to center. And then the peace comes. And so the more we practice that deepening of the inner peace through self-love, the more we vibrate it out, the kinder we become to those around us. And truly, the more loving we are. So love's taken a beating throughout generations of time. <laughs> so we're just, re it's returning to love time, I think, for all of us. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful to um, look back and be able to join the dots, isn't it? And um, realize, you know, that each time you've entered into a new relationship, it's ascended to a whole new level of awareness for yourself. Beautiful, really beautiful. You know, you mentioned awareness and I, um, I have a podcast that's called All About the Voice and that's following the internal calling and it all starts with awareness because you can't free a soul that is unaware it's kept a captive. So that very first step of awareness is key. So even if you are lacking love or lacking the connection, being fully aware of that, like allowing yourself full awareness of what is without judgment, but with acceptance, that's the first step of freedom, I think, and the first step of creating any loving relationship. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, that the more aware we become, the less triggered we are by anything that happens in our lives, regardless of how challenging it might seem, because we can always choose to perceive it differently as the lesson that we need to learn in that moment. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, you know, and speaking of triggering, when I, I just have a lot of people that have asked recently, why is the world getting angrier? You know, you look around and uh, there just seems to be a little bit more anger. And we talk about the awareness coming out. And I think I'm trying to remember, it's David Hawkins, whose research I'm going to quote. David Hawkins talks about frequencies of emotion and that on that passage, to inner peace, to love, you go through all frequencies of emotion. You start at the lowest one, which is shame. And then you go to guilt. Then you go a little bit higher frequency, apathy, then fear, then anger, then pride, then courage, willingness, acceptance, neutrality, blah, 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 love, peace, and joy. But it's interesting because I think in so many ways, the world has been suppressed and we've lived in shame or in guilt that anger is a point of expanding awareness. And I think the old paradigm tries to suppress the anger by saying, oh, you should be ashamed of it, but that gets you back down. But if you say, I'm too good to be angry, that's pride. It's healthy pride. And then courage is, and I'm going to seek help with my anger. That's that mandatory awareness that we need to go through as humanity. So to your point, if somebody's angry, instead of, you know, you being triggered, especially in relationship, I just say they need more love, not less, and you need more love, not less. 
Yeah, and that doesn't mean you have to put up with anything that's unacceptable. It's just that you choose to respond with love rather than react with um, anger or fear. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And it's love on both sides, right? So because you love yourself without allowing for abuse to happen and you love them enough not to log them in the predator cycle. So, Mm. yeah. And, um, you know, you can always choose how you're going to respond to something and you can always choose love. Always. I love that. That should be the name of every podcast. Always choose love. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the, the name of the book I'm writing is actually called Love Me. So you can see this is the theme that's coming through a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. So was it yourself that come up with these seven levels of soulmates? Is this your own, own work? This is, the theta, this is the theta healing Um gradation i guess is that i use there's a lady whose name is viana steibel and she's the founder of theta healing you know i've done a lot of life and business coaching throughout the years and found that until you change your subconscious programs and until you heal the spiritually you are stuck in repeating the appearance production productivity profitability but you're hurting on the inside and it's too high of a price to pay so i kind of went and got degree, you know, PhD in metaphysics. And I really got trained for over three years in every modality I could get my hands on. Theta healing was one of those modalities that I absolutely love. I honor Viana. I do a lot of trainings within her modality. And that's, you know, she's somebody who has introduced the language of a soulmate that I love using. Wow. It's it's the first time I've um, spoken to somebody that's gone through the stages in the way that you've described. So uh, I found it very interesting. How how do you use that, you know, when you're working with clients specifically? So with um, you mean by theta healing or the stages of soulmate or both? Well, well, both really. Yeah. yeah. So the First thing, it's very important to find out, at least I do, I find out where they are in relationship and more importantly, what they want out of relationship. And then we see whether that relationship is capable of delivering it to them. So those are the three steps. And sometimes, you know, I find that we are stuck more in one step than others. Sometimes we simply want a person we're with to give us something real, real bad, but we don't know what it is. And that's a point of self-healing. A lot of people don't know what they want out of a relationship, but they want it real bad. And, you know, they're striving for it. So finding out what it is that you want, number one. Number two, honestly, lovingly finding out, is this relationship capable of giving you that? A, can you receive it yourself? And then we apply the spiritual work through Theta Healing to change the programs of self-sabotage to those of love and relationship. I'll give you a simple example. Um, Let me think of how best to simplify it so that even if you know nothing about energy work, it makes sense. So think of it this way. Every thought we have is an electric impulse. We know that much. Every time there's an electric impulse related to a thinking, electricity goes through our brain. It also goes through our heart is is now proven. The same thoughts travel through the heart. So those thoughts, as they travel through, we know electricity creates a magnetic field. 
Well, those magnetic fields are our emotions, not on a biological, but energetic level. So we're thinking, feeling beings, we're electromagnetic beings. While those thoughts and emotional patterns we could develop in our life, which is core level, you know, before age of six, if your parents tell you all the time, I love you while they hit you, you've learned that love hurts. And then you write a song, love hurts. And then mm-hmm. you seek relationship yes. where love hurts. <laughs> and then you run around saying love hurts. It's just, it's, you know, but there are other levels where you absorb these programs. And one of them is genetic. You know, we don't freak out anymore that my eye color, my hair color, uh, you know, is genetic. Well, so are the subconscious programs. So are those electromagnetic feelings and waves of emotion we feel. So you can be born feeling that you are undeserving of true love. You don't, you don't know why you have that, but you are born a certain way. You carry a subconscious program. I don't deserve to be loved as I am. And then every relationship you form proves to you this pattern. So why, th- why I love Theta Healing so much is that once we identify that program, we shift it. It's a technique of shifting it and programming your subconscious with, I'm deserving of love. It is possibility. It is possible for me to be loved as I am. What I found is that all of us believe everything is possible, dot, 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 for somebody else. <laughs> you know, mm. it's possible to be loved for everybody. But the secret is, but not for me as I am. So that's kind of how I apply those two in a relationship. First, we have a person heal, then we see whether the relationship has a potential or is even worth the healing. If it's an unfinished business or, you know, not all relationships are meant to be saved. Some of them have fulfilled their purpose and it's time for them to dissolve. As long as you're growing, either together or apart, your soul is here to grow. Um, so how do you sort of handle it then if um, it's obvious to you that the relationship isn't what they want or need or not likely to get them to where they want to, to go? You know, here's a beautiful perspective. It becomes really irrelevant whether it's obvious to me. It is only what a client finds obvious in their life. You can only help a person within the level of their awareness. Mm. And if they're still seeing the relationship of a value, it means they're still learning in it. So, you you know, I get to encourage them while slowly expanding their awareness. I, I was really blessed to, for a short period of time, to have Bob Proctor as my personal coach. He's the guy. Wow, really? Yeah. And, and um, you know, he's given me, I call it my $50,000 tip because the the program was 50 grand a year. And um, Bob, forgive me if you hear it was very repetitive. And I don't know that I would pay all over. But, but there was a $50,000 tip that was worth every penny that he's given me. And he said, go where you wanted, not where you needed. I, I, I say that every day before any client or any program. We are so tempted to go and serve and help and fix. But if we're not wanted, if the change is not wanted, we're harming ourselves, another person, and the relationship. And so it's just go where you're wanted. I can help a person who wants to have what they want. I can't help somebody who is still learning that they don't want what they currently have. I can only help them increase their self-love. And once they love themselves, they will know they're allowed to have wants 
and then their awareness will increase and they'll start seeing things. And by them, I say me, I grow every day. I find blind spots every day. 20 years into the marriage, practicing theta healing, I'm, I, we find subconscious beliefs through muscle testing. I'm sitting there thinking, something's not clicking. I wonder what it is. Well, let me see what I have highest definition, greater definition of marriage. Nope, I don't. I've been married for 20 years, but I don't have a definition of marriage, you know? So I kind of programmed myself to know what marriage is. And, and it was so interesting because I, my husband goes, I don't know what changed. It just feels different. I'm like, well, yeah, now I know what it feels like to be married, you know? So I, you know, everything I apply to somebody, I start with me in it's work and project with a lot of love. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we all are throughout our lifetime, you know, and um, once we start the journey, there's no undoing it, isn't there? <laughs> you know, once we start, we think, mm, actually, it's a huge responsibility now. I'm so aware. <laughs> So I love that. It's a huge responsibility now that I'm aware. Yeah, you can't you can't unknow what you know and you can't unsee what you have seen, right? But, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay, you can tap it away. Use EFT to tap it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Victoria, for talking us through the seven levels of soulmates. I've really found it a fascinating conversation. What would be your best? contact information for the audience that want to uh, reach out and get in touch with you? Yeah, I think everything we do and we offer, you can find on uh, my website, which is youtoshine.com. And it's yu2shine.com. Thank you so much. And any last words of wisdom before we wrap up the episode that you'd like to share? Yes. Um, just story, a 30 second to a minute story, the story that inspires me daily and is responsible for everything I do. In early 1400s, there is a sculptor, Donatella, who's given a slab, a huge slab of marble to carve a sculpture. And he studies it and he said, this thing is faulty. It's got veins that'll make it crack and uh, rejects the marble after months of studying it. 50 years later, 1490s, beginning 1500s, the other famous sculpture that we all know, which as Michelangelo, out of that very marble carves David, which considered to be one of the most famous sculptures in the world. It actually still stands today in um, Florence in Italy, you know, 600 years later. And so when he's asked by his contemporaries, how could you possibly carve this gorgeous sculpture out of this faulty marble? Michelangelo says, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. And wow. I just believe, yeah. I believe you're that angel. I believe I'm that angel. You're that angel. You're just carving. You're just carving. Love that. I've not heard that story before. Yeah, that's uh, one I'll remember. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. It's just a reminder for all of us. Some days have more marble than others. That's all. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Constantly chipping away. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Lynn, so much. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you. And um, I'm sure our audience will be fascinated from the conversation that we've had and uh, all the interesting levels of soulmate that you've described. It's been fascinating. 
I'm glad, you know, you, we don't talk about one deepest soulmate relationship directly, but that is you. Love you first. <laughs> Love yes. you so much. The rest is going to manifest. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so it just leads me to say, listeners, that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.